This is Michelle Dawes-Burke of Real Chicks Rock. And this is RCR Presents Real Discussions, the podcast. afternoon and welcome to Real Chicks Rock Presents Real Discussions. I'm your host for today, Michelle Dosbert, and I'm always super excited. Yes, it is a holiday weekend, but uh, some of us are working today, and that's cool. It's not a big deal. We enjoy being here today with you guys, so thank you so much for tuning in. Um, today is a little serious conversation, but you know, I'll, we'll let you guys be the judge of that. But before I introduce my beautiful and lovely and talented guest, for today, I want to give. Uh, I want to thank all of the new listeners that are checking us out. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for when you guys see me out and about, and you text me, you inbox me, you tell me you've been checking out the show. I really and truly appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you for the shares and the likes and the comments. We can't do this without you. So thank you for your continued support. Um, for our new people, let me just give you a little bit of background about uh, what Real Chicks Rock is all about. We're all about the empowerment of women. We've been doing it for a couple of years now. We've done it through various different vehicles, through our community service, through our public speaking and mentoring, and through the media, which has been um, what you guys have been checking us out the most lately. And we use this platform to talk about issues and raise awareness that impact us as women. And today is no different. Um, today's topic is the country we serve, right? Hi, ironic, because this is the Independence Weekend. And I have someone that came all way from uh, Columbia, South Carolina, doing some wonderful things there. But she actually served in the military, so she has a story to tell today. So we're going to get into it. I want you guys to welcome my guest, uh, Kelly Kells. Hi, Kelly. Hello. Hello, everyone. How are you? I am well and glad to be here. I'm glad to have you. So we, we met... Uh, last year because of the, some of the phenomenal things that you're doing in South Carolina and we're going to talk about that. Um, you have a very warming spirit. You're very passionate about what you do and uh, you and I talked about some things. You've been supporting me and I really appreciate that so thank you. And we talked and I thought today would be a good day to just kind of share a little bit about your military background because today you know it's all about celebrating Independence Day and there's a lot of conversation about what Independence Day really means for us especially as African Americans here in this country and we want to peel it back another layer we want to talk about it as it impacts us as women right, right. especially as black females um, mili females that serve in the military so there's been some stories there's been some things that has happened but we'll get into that as we, we start the conversation if you'd be so kind tell the people a little bit about yourself well, um, my name is DJ Kelly Kell. DJ Kelly Kell. Yes, and that is my name. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am actually from the great state of South Carolina. Are you really? Yes, mm. I am from South Carolina, born and raised. Okay. Okay, and um, I talk about this every now and then, is that 
uh, one of my first jobs in South Carolina coming up was actually picking tobacco. Really? Yes, yes. Um, I did not pick cotton, mm. but I did pick tobacco. Okay. Um, I came up in a small town called Society Hill, Society. and that is two words, Society Hill, South Carolina. Wow. So um, I'm at an early age, um, I had a great interest in being in the military. Okay. So that's kind of like how my military service started. But I'm from South Carolina. I love my state. Um, I love our people. Okay. I love our culture. And I'm just happy um, to be able to be some sort of voice mm -hmm. for our state. Okay. Okay. Have you always been in Columbia outside of your birthplace? Has um, it always been Columbia? Or no. You been? I've been all over. Okay. I've been all over the world. Okay. Um, and a great part of that um, was actually uh, while I was in the military. Okay. Um, however, um, coming up, our parents did do their best, you know, um, based on the circumstances to get us out as a family and mm -hmm. explore certain states mm -hmm. and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, but we were a working family. I mean, we, we've been working since we were little. little. Yeah. My, my mother and father had a working spirit, both of them. Okay. In fact, my mother worked just as hard. As your dad. If not harder, as my father. Okay. And even though during that era, um, she didn't get a lot of credit mm -hmm. for the things that she did and right. made happen, right. you know, it's it's uh, relevant to say that she was technically the backbone of our family. Okay. So okay. I'm proud to say that. All right. I love you, mom. I love you, mama. Thanks, mom, for everything you've done. I appreciate you everything you've done. All right. Yeah. So why the military when you were a young girl? I mean, picking tobacco in South Carolina. Why the military? Why did you want to be a part of that? Well. Um, there was this show that was out during this time um, called Private Benjamin. Okay. I remember <laughs> that with Goldie Hawn. Private mm -hmm. Benjamin, Goldie Hawn, mm -hmm. yes. And it was just something about seeing her in that Kevlar. Okay. And um, the fatigues mm -hmm. that she was wearing and the experiences. Okay. Um, uh, and, and that's all I can remember as far as the motivation to go. Okay. Um, but once I got in, I, I knew it was for me. It was for you. When did you join? Like right after high school, Kelly? No, um, I joined um, maybe a year and a half after high school. Okay. I tried college okay. first. Okay. I tried college because I was an athlete in high school. Okay. Yeah, I was an athlete and um, I had opportunities to actually play ball okay. um, in college, mm -hmm. um, of which I did try, but it was just something that um, I really wanted to go into the military. Okay. So uh, I joined a year and a half after exiting high school, and, um, uh, and, and the rest is history. Okay, so you were about 19, 20 years old when you joined? Um, I think I was around 20, 20, 20 years okay, old. Okay, 20 years old. What was, what, was your, what was your division? Were you in the Army, Navy? Yes, I was in the, uh, the Army, okay. and I love all branches. Okay. All branches are important, but go Army. <laughs> <laughs> Why the Army, Kelly? Why? Um... Well, let's see. The army for me, I, I um, took the test for the for the Air Force, um, but they were taking too long okay. to give me the results and tell results. you what's going on. Yes. Okay, and, and this was a, this was the early eighties, mm -hmm. so they were taking too long in the army. I mean, I went, I took the test, and they were ready to put me in like almost the next day. Okay, so I just went into the army, and, and I think it was the best decision to make. Do you think that the Air Force might have been a little slow with? when it came to women, or you didn't really feel that at that time? Well, um, I don't think that um, I was thinking on that capacity. Okay, gotcha. Um, 
but now when you look back, um, that could have been during that era. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, that could have been true during that era. Okay. But um, mainly the army, um, they are very swift in getting people in. Right. And, and they would they would make a way. I'm not saying um, that the standards are being lowered or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But during that time, they definitely had a swift process for okay. getting you in. Getting you in. And, and if you were young and you needed a job or you were ready to change your life, mm -hmm. the Army would get you in, like, right away. Got you. So, yeah. Got you. What was your role or position while you served in the military in the Army branch? Well, I enlisted um, back then. Um, I enlisted uh, for a personnel job. Okay. Um, and... It later on changed to something they call human resource management. Okay. But of course, you know, everyone can tell you, you rarely ever work your MOS. <laughs> they give you one, they send you to school for it. But uh seems like most of the time you do everything except that. Okay. You know. Okay. So. Okay. So so tell me some of the experiences you experienced while being in the military. So here you are, you're twenty years old, mm -hmm. roughly. You're a young female, right? Yes. Coming from South Carolina, yes. from South Carolina, yes. in the army. What was it like for you once you started to really get out of boot camp and really start experiencing it? Tell me some of the, a little bit about that. Well, you know, boot camp itself was an experience. Okay. Um, and uh, I came in um, during the early eighties. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I leave it at that. The early eighties. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and this was technically right at the end of the women's army corps. Okay. And you know, women had only been in uh, legitimate positions, getting paid and getting benefits, just as our male counterparts since 1978. Okay. Okay, so I came in in the early 80s. They were just starting right. yeah. to get things like uniforms that fit, <laughs> shoes that fit. Really? Um, uh, legitimate places to stay. Wow. We trained and lived in the World War II barracks. Wow. So we had... Open Bay, hmm. the, the uh, bathrooms on the trains, as yes. we called them back yes. then, were open. Uh, the floors were 100% wood that we had to, you know, clean, wax, and all that. Um, our bunks, um, we had uh, approximately four, yeah. four, four to a bunk. And a lot of the, the other women that um, were there... A lot of it was the first time being around different cultures. Okay. Some 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 of our, our you know other races, white, Hispanic, uh, whatever. Right. It's their first time being around different people. Right. Okay. And 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 during this time, a lot we don't really talk about is that the people that were in charge of training us were males. Mm. Okay. Mm. And all of them were in a MOS or a job that we call infantry. Okay. So their whole career was based around being in the field, training for combat, mm -hmm. being in combat. They had no idea how to how to talk and train women. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. we, we were a whole new yeah. basket of eggs. Wow. So we have no clothes that fit. Wow. We're training in boots that don't fit. Right, right. And we uh, have leadership that really didn't know how to communicate with right, us. Right, right. So, you know, it, it, it was rough. I will admit it was rough. But um, because I was gun-ho, you know, mm -hmm. I was an athlete in high school. Mm -hmm. um, uh, going in there was absolutely challenging for me. I, I mean, I loved it. I loved getting up early in the morning. <laughs> I, I loved, you know, um, 
uh, details and yeah, duties. Yeah. I love getting it done. Right. And more importantly, um, the other ladies that were with me, they they trusted me. Mm. You know, because you know, in a situation like that, believe me, fear alone will make you um, uh, just believe in each other yes. and make you want to help each other, yeah. not work against each right, other. It right. makes you want to. Right. Help each other. So right. when one person was upset or got hurt, I mean, we all tended to that mm -hmm. one person. Mm -hmm. There was no separatism. Mm -hmm. Everything was together. And mm -hmm. I, I really loved that. Okay. So that was my basic training. Okay. So you, the women pulled together. Did you feel any kind of isolation or segregation from the males that were in leadership that were expected to train you? Well, initially, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, it's the truth, and I think it's okay to talk about it okay. now. Okay. I mean, we, we wouldn't talk about it back then, right? Because you know, you had to get through the situation, right? And, and the last thing you want to do was to stick out like a sore thumb, right. being you know a complainer. Mm -hmm. And I think one thing that's important is that after the Women Army Corps was implemented and also. Um, uh, exhausted where the women were actually put into the military which is the area that I came in we are now equals we are no longer in an auxiliary status mm -hmm. we are considered soldiers just okay. like our male counterparts right, that right. wasn't always the case Yes. so um, uh, the, the male drill sergeants or men leaders per se um, I think a lot of them looked and um, appreciated uh, a woman that could be in charge to be their voice mm -hmm. to get the message to the, yeah. you know, the whole platoon. Right, right, you right. Know? So right. that was important. Yeah. Right, right. Okay. So it wasn't you didn't really experience too much there, but tell me some other experiences, Kelly, as it relates to you being in the military. How long did you serve, actually? Well, I did the full twenty. Wow. Yeah, I did the full twenty. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> And how was it while you were doing those 20? Give me some, some, some experiences that were memorable that stuck with you where you felt different because you were a female, you were black. Were there some times that you experienced that in those 20 years? Well, yeah, of course. Um, you know, as time goes on, you start to see things at different levels. Okay. Okay. You know, basic training, everybody's open. All right. Right. But, you know, as time goes on, um, you actually um, can see... You know, just like everywhere else, that there is gender bias. There is mm -hmm. a, a racial bias. Okay. And, you know, as a black woman coming through um, the military, you know, even though I loved it, the challenges were definitely there, um, especially in, in leadership positions. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, it's, it's just kind of... Um, I, I don't want to uh, use the wrong terminology because mm -hmm. I enjoyed my time there. Mm -hmm. But what I can see now is that um, people are starting to actually talk about it now okay. and bring it to the surface. Okay. Uh, because things such as sexual harassment mm. and you know and things like that, mm. you know, when I was coming through, you didn't talk about those type of okay. things. And okay. even though you might have experienced it, right, um, and seen it, uh, you couldn't talk about okay. it. Okay. It yeah. wasn't appropriate to talk about it. Right, right. But 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 guess what? Now we can talk about yeah. it. Yeah. You can even bring charges now. Mm. Couldn't you think know? about doing that then. No, you couldn't think about it. No, it was unheard of. Mm. Um, so I think that in many ways we have come a long way. Okay. Um, and we still have a long way to go. go. But um, 
quite a few of my counterparts um, didn't make it, Michelle. Really? They didn't make it. And one of, one of the most haunting things, um, and sometimes those voices, you know, I'll be honest, those voices still chase me mm. um, in, in my dreams sometimes, is to hear your fellow soldier tell you things and there's nothing you can do about oh my it. God. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So now we elevate to these words that we call depression and PTSD. Yes, yes. Okay. Which women have been experiencing that since day one. Mm. And not necessarily from combat. Yes. But the harassment. The harassment. That went on. What is PTSD? On. Tell me what is that? Well, PTSD um, basically is um, an emotion that you have uh, based on a traumatic event where you fear for your life. Oh my God, okay. You fear for your life. Okay. That's PTSD. All right. Okay, and of course, depression is pretty much everything, everything. else. Yes, yes. Okay, so you, so if, if you look at the things, um, and there are many stories, mm -hmm. there are many stories. Mm -hmm. um, Women have been suffering since day one. My gosh. You know, in, in our armed forces. Yeah. And and had and could not do anything Think about, about it. it. Nothing. Mm. And just like, you know, a mother with her kids, one of the most terrible things you can experience is not being able to help your child. Yeah. There's nothing you can do. Right, right. So that is one of the the down things that I experienced yeah, is, yeah. is is seeing some of those things um, as a fellow comrade. Right. And there's nobody that you can talk Trust. to. Right. Nobody you can tell. Right. Because you gotta understand some of these positions of equal opportunity mm -hmm. and things like that, uh, even though that person might be in charge, there's only so much they're gonna stick their neck out. That it, mm -hmm. You know, to, mm -hmm. to help. To help. You know, right. And it's because it's a it's a lot of different things, right, Kelly? It's a lot of different things. Let's just cut up this pie or this <laughs> quadrant, if we will, because now we're female. Mm -hmm. Then some of us were black. Mm -hmm. Then some of us uh, may have um, same sex partners, right? Mm -hmm. So we're 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 gay. Right. So we have all of these different things mm -hmm. going on in there. So depending upon the day, the time, the vibe, the energy, the leader, mm -hmm. we could be subjected to any, any, anything, anything right. going on that particular day. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of years of that. That's even if it's not happening to you directly, again, mm -hmm. the pain is watching other people having to deal with it mm -hmm. because you, you, you move like a leader, mm -hmm. right? So you were probably a leader all this time. So they were probably going to do things to a certain degree so far to you per se but that doesn't eliminate the fact that you witnessed or heard or seen or could imagine and, and these were going on and so it's just like women just didn't have a voice then at that time well I will share this um, that type of situation is we call back then a witch hunt okay okay especially for uh, gays and lesbians uh -huh. and and when I came in you could not be gay. Okay. You could not be a lesbian. Okay. Now, uh, you could be everything else. Okay. Okay. You could sleep with everybody that you wanted to. Okay. And that was fine. Okay. 
but you cannot be gay mm -hmm. and you cannot be a lesbian. Mm -hmm. So many of um, our uh, gay community, mm -hmm. LGBT uh, community in the military um, were in very contentious and hostile situations mm. where you had to sleep with people, mm. especially especially women. Mm. And a lot of um, uh, male mm. uh, leaders in our in these positions. And I'm I'm not speaking from secondhand information. I understand that. Okay, uh -huh. I'm speaking from firsthand information. Okay, is that men were known to prowl for gay women. They would. I mean. Yeah, yeah. I got you. I should be getting a million calls right now. <laughs> I should be getting a million comments right now mm. of, wow. of, of the fact that it is a known fact that men seek out gay women mm. because it was up to the woman to prove to them that they were not gay by sleeping Jesus. with them. Wow. Okay? Wow. Now, in this day and era, you can be gay mm -hmm. in the military. Okay. Yes. But yes. back then, you could not. not. It was against the law, mm. against the rules. Mm. And you could even get put out the military mm. for being gay, mm. Mm -mm. lesbian, gay, whatever. Right, right. Okay? Because wow. back then, everything was gay. It was mm. no lesbian, gay, bi. It was none of none that. None of it that. It was gay. Hey, gay. You were gay. Right. Okay? Right. Now, every era has different terminology and different meaning to those words. Right. I'm speaking from my era. Understood. Okay. So, um, and it, and it was terrible because you had women that had to get in these fake marriages just to be considered yeah. legitimate. Yeah, right. Because guess what? If you were considered to be gay, right, you, they could put you in a category where you wouldn't be selected for a promotion. Right. Now you stuck. Now you stuck. Almost blacklisted. Within. Yeah, we call it blackball back yeah, then. Blackball. We call it blackball. Mm -hmm. So here it is. You have the intelligence. You have the same criteria. You've done everything that you're supposed to do to get promoted to the next rank, mm -hmm. but you can't because word throughout the ranks are is that you're gay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So yeah. So so now though you have to be a lot more careful um, with things like that. You know. Uh, but yeah, that all that stuff was happening, mm -hmm. you know, when I was in, mm -hmm. and, and I'm just grateful that, you know, that I had a mindset that I was going to keep going. Now I am, I am a survivor okay. of military sexual trauma. Come on now. Yes, I am a survivor. Wow. So, and I don't talk about it, yeah. and I, I don't, I don't pound upon it. Yes. But yeah, I am. My goodness. And I, you know, and I don't know how many other of my battle buddies are. Mm. Because it's not something that we talk about. Right, right, right. So, um, you know, uh, I do my best now to be an advocate for that. Yes, yes. And that's something that you won't see me post a lot on my Facebook mm -hmm, page. Mm -hmm. um, but I have a large population that I help military sexual trauma. Mm -hmm. Men and women. Okay. Because a lot, a lot of things we don't talk about is that men were victims too. Too. Yes, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. men were victims too. too, and it's 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 uh, kind of crazy because many of them 
will not come forward. Okay. Because they are embarrassed to say that they were victimized. Mm. Whereas women, a lot of times we came forward and we were shut down. Yeah. We were mm. shut down. Right from our right from the very leadership that was supposed to protect, protect us. You. Mm. So yeah, you know, and, and I think um uh, that situation actually made me stronger. Whereas, you know, once I got past that, there was no stopping me. I hear you. There was no stopping me. You. I'm not afraid of anything. I know. I'm not afraid of anything or anyone. I got you. And and the worst thing that you can do now is tell me I cannot do I something. Know, that's right. Did you experience the trauma early on in your years in the service? Yes. Though? And that's normally when it happens. Mm. When 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 you're fresh yeah. into the ranks. Okay. And, and 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 when you're fresh into the ranks, you know, you are open. Right. You trust everyone. Gotcha. You know, there's there's no shield. Right. So yeah. And and did it happen because of the sense of your sexuality or just because you're you you were young and new? How come the, the trauma happened? Do you have any idea why? I think it was a combination of both. Okay. I think it was a combination of both. And, um, you know, one of the worst situations you can be in is when you can't protect yourself. I understand that. But, you know, I think that um, every situation that happens, um, there is a way to make the best of it. Okay. So, you know, I use my my situation, my past situation. Okay. And I take that and I help others. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm very proud to say that um, a lot of people... You know, that I've encountered, mm-hmm. uh, I've helped them, and, and, and we're friends now. That's good. So, yeah. That's good. That's good. That's a lot. That's heavy. Yeah. Yeah. But it happens, unfortunately. Yeah, it does. Now, did you find, Kelly, that once it happened, was it a recurring experience for you, or it just happened that one time, and it just, no? That one time. And, okay. you know, uh, I think that, um, during this particular era, um, because there is no protection, you learn how to protect yourself. Right. Okay. Right. And guess what? You have a, a high sensitivity how to protect others. Gotcha. So I became very protective of uh, anyone, mm-hmm. you know, within my ranks. Gotcha. Um, because you know, I, I actually fast tracked through the military. You did. Okay. Um, uh, I reached. Um, high ranks really fast. Okay. Um, and like I said, even though you are assigned a job in the military, it doesn't mean you're going to work that job. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I advanced, you know, very rapidly through the military um, to include. Um, I was a drill sergeant, uh, an instructor, wow. master fitness trainer, okay. um, first sergeant. Mm-hmm. So. I actually progressed through the. I think my determination, mm-hmm. and it's sad that something like that was the pace setter mm-hmm. for my motivation mm-hmm. but you know I just like to feel that every position that I held I did my best mm-hmm. to set the standard mm-hmm. be the standard and made sure that I implemented the standard mm-hmm. and I took care of the people that I was okay. in charge of okay what same thing happened to them happened mm-hmm. so did you feel that you were able to um did you still have to feel you had to keep your sexual preference close to the vest yeah. Until you got out, even though it just happened the one time, not trying to belittle that. Because right. if it happened once, it happened a hundred times, it doesn't matter. When they cross the line, that's when they cross the line. But you kept that to yourself. What, did you feel that there was a community of other people that were having a similar lifestyle like yourself? As it relates to maybe being traumatized sexually and just because of their sexual preference and they're like, 
I got nobody to tell, so I got to keep this quiet. Um, I I know that that still happens now. Okay. Yeah, and our and our population, um, you know, look, we're people. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, we aren't going anywhere. Mm -hmm. We're people, and and we are part of all organizations. Yes. Um, all type of jobs. Um, and I think that, um, uh, the best way I can explain that is that. When you become comfortable in who you are, mm -hmm. um, it, it doesn't matter where you are, uh, who you believe yourself to be, you know, will show. Okay. And people will know their boundaries. Gotcha. So, and that's one thing about the military, you know, like I said, when you first, when you are in, you're so impressionable, you're trying to find your mm -hmm. way, mm -hmm. you know, and mm -hmm. this is not like a regular job, we're mm -hmm. talking about, you know, fighting for your country. Yeah. We're talking about learning to do things for your country, go places where you may never come back. I know, that's right. So just, just the concept right. of, of that all by itself, you're trusting everyone that's in charge of you to show you the way. Got you. So um, when that is broken, most of the time the only people that you have to fall back on are your own kind. Yeah, I got you. I got you. So. I got you. Now, you made reference that it's different today, right, mm -hmm. in regards to people can come into the military as they are, right? Mm -hmm. and, and if things happen, they can raise it mm -hmm. and things will, um, people will get addressed, things will get addressed for those things that are going on for them. A lot of our kids today, right, they're not thinking about the military like we were when we were younger. Because you did. You either went to college mm -hmm. or you served in the military or you got a government job, right? Yeah, it was really one of, the, <laughs> one of the things. You got a city job, government job, went to college, uh -huh. or you served in the military. Kids today are really not thinking that way. It, um, if, if someone came to you and said, Kelly, I want to join, what would you tell them as 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 a suggestion to join, especially your branch, the Army branch. What are some words of wisdom you would tell somebody today? I would um, definitely tell them to make sure that they research all branches. Okay. To see which branch best suits you. Okay. Because even though the Army may be good for me, mm -hmm. maybe the Navy or the Marines may be better for you. Gotcha. Each branch has their own mission. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and most of the benefits are universal across the board, such as education yes. and things of that nature. Yes. But each branch serves a different purpose. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times, um, like in my situation, I, you know, I said that I had taken the Air Force test, but they were taking too long, <laughs> and I was ready to go. You ready to go. You know. Get things to do. <laughs> um, whereas another branch may vet a little stricter and a little longer right. than the next one. So right. we just want to... Just do it, and, and guess what? We didn't have a Google when I came. Mm, no, you no. can Google everything now <laughs> and, and pick the branch that's going to be best for you. Mm. Um, and, and some branches do require you to be away for a long yes, time. Yes, and, and some don't. You know, mm -hmm. so just um, just be careful in, in in which branch you choose because you're the one that has to be in it. Right. And once you join, you do have to follow the rules. Okay. So. You know, 24 months or whatever the commitment may be can be a very long, long time, time if you were unhappy. Mm. So 
I would, I would definitely say do your research because the military can be very rewarding. Okay. Very rewarding. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've I, I built relationships and I have friends uh, that, that, I mean, we are friends and bonded for life. Yeah. Because of situations that we've been through. Right. You know, for life. Yeah. And there, there was nothing that could, could stop or break those bonds. Yeah. So I'm just not certain if I would have found those type of bonds mm -hmm. in the civilian sector. I got you. Um, so, yeah. And it's like anything else, it has ups and downs. It has ups and downs. And you've had some good experiences. You know, unfortunately, some people do have the PST, right? PTSD, P yes. PTSD, mm -hmm. um, depression. Right. A drug addiction. Yes. Drinking. Yes. And just really have problems just functioning. Right. Um, outside of the military, in society, trying to find a job. Yeah. Those type of things. So there are a population of people that struggle once they do come out of the military. Yes. And that, and once again, that's something that, that, you know, I'm of the opinion when I first got out um, that they didn't teach us how to get out and transition gotcha. back into the civilian yeah. world. They just, you know, you guys are here. Yeah, goodbye. Yeah, you out. You good. <laughs> but it's not necessarily like that because, yes. you know, um, a lot of times people say use this word brainwash, you know, mm. whatever. Mm. I, I I don't know how I feel about that word mm. because. Just like anything, like when you go to college or you get a new job, you do have to learn the culture. You do. You do. So in the military, it's the same way. Mm -hmm. um, and when you get out, look, it is a transition. It is. It is a major transition. Mm -hmm. So a lot of our people get out and they don't know how to do things. And there was no help for the transition period. Right. I'm talking about finding a job, learning the new, the new. It is a language. language yeah. we, we talk different. We yeah. think different when we're in. Mm -hmm. And when we get out, you know, we, we're thinking that the civilian sector is just going to open their arms and say, hey, yeah, we know you've given your life to this country for all these years. Let us help you. And it's not like no, that. No, yeah. It's not like Behaviors that. are different. Completely Because there is no nine to five in the military. No nine to five. You know, You're there twenty four seven. Yeah, yeah. So it's a different cadence and and a whole bunch of lifestyle and just even being in a relationship with people that served in the military. It can be challenging. It can be rewarding or challenging. It's different because you guys, your clocks are different. The way you move is different. The way you think is different. Completely. It's very survivor. It's very strategic. Yes. Um, it's preparation. It's planning. It's you know. It's all these different things and. You come out to us, and we may be driving too slow. <laughs> exactly. we, we, we're not going at the speed of light like you guys are. Like, the fact that you've done a whole day's work by 10 a.m., and right. we just getting to work. 9 a.m. You know, yeah. 9 a.m., like, you know, so it, we're just on a different pattern. So it, it is yeah. totally different. Because you did do well for you, yourself, in the military, why did you come out after 20 years? You had enough? I had enough. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, your time clock knows when it's ready to do something different. Gotcha. And, um, you know, I couldn't stay longer. Mm -hmm. I couldn't stay longer, but um, I was I knew that it was time for my life to do something okay. different. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, um, uh, you know, I, I did my 20, and I retired, and, uh, you know, I started my new life. Okay. And, and I'm happy that I did it exactly the way that I did it. All right. Um, and I would encourage, you know, something I used to joke with some of my other battle buddies that were still in. You know, I, I tell them all the time, hey, retire life. You should try it. <laughs> you should try it. You 
know, you've done you you've done your service. Now it's time to to start a new life. Yeah. You know, something I want to say um was uh, Michelle was that I have to credit um, our president uh, President uh, Barack Obama mm. because <clears throat> I'm of the opinion that when he was in office, we had the most um, we had the most successes in the military. Mm. I mean, as far as just the awareness mm. Mm. of mm. who we are mm. in the military, mm -hmm. our mission, and more importantly, the respect. Mm -hmm. um, I just, I never really felt that. Really? Um, my whole time while I was in the service. Gotcha. Okay. Um, everybody knew that we had a military. Mm -hmm. Everybody knew that we had heroes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But just the respect, I feel that when he was in office, he brought a certain level of respect wow. and awareness mm -hmm. to the sacrifices that we really make mm -hmm. while we're in there. Yeah. And not just us, our family members too. Mm -hmm. You know, it's mm -hmm. just like when you're in the military, your family Family's is in, in the military too. too. If you too. have PTSD, your family mm -hmm. has it too. Yeah, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? That's that's true. It's mm -hmm. not a joke. It's it true. Is. It's real talk. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So, so you've come out of the military, you want to start your new life. You've been around the world in 20 years, and you come back to South Carolina. The great state of South Carolina. <laughs> she loves South Carolina. I love South Why, Carolina. And it, when you came out of the military, you decided Columbia? Was it always Columbia when you came out? Columbia. Mm-hmm. Columbia is a city for me. Uh huh. You know, I, you know, I'm from the country, uh -huh. and I always wanted to live in the city. In the city. All my life. You know, after being in the woods, you know, all those years, I always wanted to live in, in the, the city. city. Okay. In Columbia, South Carolina okay. is the city for me. I got you. So, yeah. So, now you've come out of the military. You're back home in South Carolina. Columbia is the city for you. What are you doing when you get back? What are, what are some of the things you wanted to do as a person that's out of the Army? What were some of the things? Well, um, I've, I've done many things. Um. Uh, when I when I got out, okay, um, you know we have a family business and mm -hmm. things of that nature. I think the first the, the first part of my life was to try to you know get my transition okay correctly okay um and that and that's a process all by itself. Mm -hmm. That's just like going to school, yes, learning how to transition. Mm -hmm. And um, part of the transition process is finding entities that that's what they specialize in. Gotcha. They specialize in veterans um, transitioning to civilian mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and when you're retired and, and you don't necessarily need to work, you know, you can focus on that particular aspect. Gotcha. So, yeah, so the transition was, <laughs> the transition was, what, a year or two all by itself. Yeah. Um, but I, I've always been a DJ. Mm. Um, I've always been a DJ since the early 70s, um, back in my mom and pop's, you know, uh, family business, mm -hmm. and it just carried on. So that was something I also fell back on, too, as soon as I got out. Um, I just started doing that full time. Really? Yeah, full time. Mm -hmm. it, it, it never stopped. But I, I like doing multiple things. Mm -hmm. I'm not like an in-the-box type of person. Mm -hmm. So, um, So I, the DJing was way... <laughs> way back in the day. Yeah, way back. Yeah. DJing on vinyl, just going. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, vinyl. In South Carolina. Just, in South Carolina. And then we went in the military. We just had it just like, okay, yeah, we I was can't doing really. It in the military you too. was doing it in yeah, the military too. Because there are so many 
awesome DJs and and uh, producers and anything that are in the military. Come on now. Yeah, I met so many people, especially like in Europe. I met so many people, um, brothers and sisters, that were just going bananas with their skills. Right. Um, and you know, in Europe, a lot of things in Europe don't even make it back here to the United I know, States. I know, I know, I um, know. So when you are in Europe, you really get to expand because everybody is interested yes. in music and production. Gotcha. And this was back in the 80s. 80s. Early 80s. Early. Yeah. Now, I, I've been, you know, spinning, you know, since um, the mid-70s. <laughs> Mid-70s. And, um, and, and it all started in my mother and father's uh, business establishment. Mm. You know, every, you know, because, you know, back then, your parents put you to work. Yes. You know what I'm saying? It ain't like now when you get to work at McDonald's <laughs> and all that. You no. know, that's, that's, that's high class stuff. <laughs> You know, back then you had to do everything. Everything. So <clears throat> my responsibility was, you know, I was responsible for the music. Okay. So, you know, every week, you know, when we had the money, we would go and I would get to go buy a new forty five. Forty fives with the little spindle mm-hmm. the little plastic thing in the middle. In fact and I remember one of my favorite songs <laughs> back then was I think it was the Jackson Five. Okay. The song they made called Enjoy Yourself. Yeah. I was gonna ask you what kind of music you liked when you were playing when you spin it so Well, it's crazy because even though we had a black establishment and I played, you know, black music. Yes. The only thing that was on the radio was like, you know, Caucasian white music. Yes, yes. So at that time, at that absolutely, time, absolutely. And that's in every city for the most part. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, for the most part. I wow. mean, me being up in New York, it was slightly different. We did have urban radio. Yeah. But there was a lot of, you know, pop, top, 40, whatever yeah. going on. And there might have been one or two urban stations that right. you could hear. Isley Brothers, Marvin yeah, Gaye, yeah. The Jacksons, and that type of yeah, stuff. But yeah, Paul. yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, the only way I really knew how to keep up with the music was to go to the record store. Gotcha. And you know, um, uh, my man, he always, you know, told us what was new because mm-hmm. it's not on the radio. Right. So when the people came to our club on that Saturday night, and we had the only, the only establishment in the area. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like family. Everybody come out. You know, back then, you know, I'm talking about the 70s. Yeah. You already know the history of the 70s? Yeah. I mean, people don't have no jobs. I know. Um, racial tension is at it's an all-time high. high. Yeah, yeah. Um, the segregation thing is just like, yeah. you know, uh, it, it, it was like super crazy. So when that Saturday came and it was time to go out. Yes. Everybody was out. Okay. And, you know, it was nice. And my, my, my father did the cooking. My father was an excellent cook. Mm. He did those fried chicken and <laughs> hamburgers. And, you know, he would make sure everything was just right, yeah. you know. And everybody loved his food. And, you know, my mother, once again, she mm. did a little bit of everything. Right, You know, right. silently making sure everything was good. Was good. Mm-hmm. So... Um, so music actually just, just came naturally to me after that. So if you guys wasn't really hearing it on the radio, shout out to your record store. How did they know about the music? Was it an underground situation? Like, how did they know what was going on if it wasn't being played on the radio for you guys? 
you know, I really, I really don't know. Okay. I was so young back then. Yeah. Um, the only thing I knew it was time to go to the record store <laughs> and get some music. Get some music, and then that night I'd be playing in the club, mm. and and you and you would know if the people liked it. Yeah. You How know? so? Because they would all jump to the dance floor. There you go. They would jump to the dance there floor. There you go. And that's one thing I really like about that era. There was no shame. I know. Everybody loved to dance. Mm-hmm. There was no standing around. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just dance, dance. They loved. It's like, let me enjoy these four or five hours. Right. So they got it in from the time they came to the establishment mm-hmm. to the time that they left. Mm-hmm. And, that, and now when you think about it, you know, decades later, that was a beautiful thing. It was. It was. So you've always liked dance music, it sounds like, at least um, soulful dance, like the Jacksons and people singing like that. Mm-hmm. How and when did you start loving house music? Well, I was actually introduced um, to house music um, when I was in, the first time I was in Europe. Okay. Okay, and this was um, back like in 85, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was around 85. Okay. And... Um, there's this club in Germany, and if anybody was over in Germany during the 80s, everybody know the No Name. That's the name of the club. The no Name. It's called the No Name. And the music that they were rocking in there was absolutely bananas. Wow. Absolutely bananas. And that was kind of like the jump start. Okay. Um, and then shortly after that, I was actually stationed in um, Fort Dix, New Jersey. Okay. Town, New Jersey. Okay. And we used to go to Philly mm-hmm. and um, uh, New York, mm-hmm. you know, like my first experience in the big cities. Yes. Um, so that was kind of like an introduction. Uh, but once again, a lot of stuff that I was listening to back then, it never made it back yeah. to the States. To the States, yeah. And, and they weren't calling it house music back okay. then yeah. anyway. So yeah. um, I, I didn't know what the name of it was back then. When we get back to the States, and I went to this club in D.C. called oh. Tracks. Mm. Uh that's when everybody was saying, okay. it's house music, this house, is house music. music. And the vibe was just, was, I mean, you already know how house music I know. is. It just takes you to a whole I life. know. I'm trying to help the listeners for those that don't know because I, I know what it is and I know what it does for me. And that's why I love it so much. Um, and everybody that comes on the show or listens to it, mm-hmm. they love the theme music for the show because it's Don Tallman. Shout out to Don Tallman oh, yes. um, doing phenomenal things. And I had an opportunity to meet her. Uh, in Greece for Josh Milan's oh, wow. 50th birthday, so yeah. it was wonderful. And yes, absolutely, house music is just the the thing for the me. Thing. So I I gotta have it. And so yes, that I know exactly yeah. what it does. Shout but, out to all the pioneers keeping it alive. You know what I mean? You that know, are putting out good exactly. music and stuff like that. We're gonna talk about that in just a second. So I want to come and bring all of this love that you got for music back to South uh, South Carolina, mm-hmm. especially in Columbia. I want to fast forward a bit. Because you're doing some phenomenal things, DJ Kelly Cal in Columbia, South Carolina. When I came last year, it was your first annual event, was it yeah, not? First right? One. And it was really kind of like showing Columbia what house music was all about, right? Mm-hmm. We, it was out in the park, it was yeah. the energy was high, yeah. you had a collection of different DJs. And I want to talk a little bit about that because then it'll help people understand what you're doing today and why you're so passionate about what you do. Um, why did you feel it was important to drive house music in South Carolina the way that you're doing it right now? Why? Well, house music 
has been in South Carolina. Okay, get me straight. Get yeah, me together. It's, it's, it's nothing new. Okay. It's been in South it's Carolina. It's been there. And, um, you know, and we can go all the way back to, and most South Carolinians would tell you, we can go back to the candy shop day. <laughs> huh? Candy shop. And candy shop was one of those clubs in Columbia, South Carolina, okay. where everybody went. But you couldn't go there before, like, 1 o'clock in the morning. Ooh. But it's where everybody went. Okay. And um, you hear all type of music mm -hmm, there. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, there were other clubs there too, but but they were they they were Caucasian clubs. Okay. Okay. So um, sometimes we would go to the Caucasian club, which they played a lot of the upbeat, right? Um, pop and stuff right. like that, which were um, you know remixes mm -hmm. of our songs and all that. But house music has been there. Um, and over the years, uh, there just hasn't really been a soulful house music okay. presence. Okay. And I'm talking about somebody that's actually doing it, uh, people are supporting it, and there is awareness of it. Mm. Now, as far as uh, what other people label house music, like your EDM, yes. your progressive, your, right. your, your techno, yes. your rave, that's yeah. there. Okay. Yes. And there are DJs that have been doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, and they have followings and things. They have their own nights. Mm -hmm. But 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 really, there was not a soulful presence. Gotcha. So, um, you know, I, I have people been gnawing at me for want, wanting to do it and stuff like that. And so I decided, you know, to go ahead and, and move forward with mm. it. Um, I had a lot of support. Um, and um, especially my transplants okay. in South Carolina. Mm -hmm. And, you know, mm -hmm. there are a lot of New Yorkers there, a lot of New Jersey mm -hmm. people there. Mm -hmm. Uh, people from North Carolina there. North Carolina. Mm -hmm. I mean, because, you know, North Carolina and South Carolina used to be one state. Mm -hmm. Y'all do know that, right? <laughs> we used to be one state. Give us a North lesson. Carolina and South, South Carolina, Carolina, okay, before it was actually divided into two separate states. Mm -hmm. But um, we do have a lot of North Carolinians that, uh, that, that actually live in South Carolina yes. as well and want to see uh, a soulful presence Got there. you. So it was only through their support and motivation that I continue to move forward gotcha. with soulful house yes. music. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's crazy how many people just come out the woodwork mm -hmm. and want to help. Mm. You know, and want to mm. spread the word mm. and um, and uh, want to keep it going. So the, the doors are open now. I, I feel that any legitimate entity could come in now and do a soulful house music night okay. or day or something. Okay, okay. You know? Okay. But I, I particularly want to do events. Right. Um, because I want my events to stay focused around our veteran population. Gotcha. So I see gotcha. our house music, which is a spiritually healing genre. Yes it is. Um is is used mainly for our veterans. Mm. You know, so nice. so that's kind of like how I implement house music in, in South Carolina. Nice. So everybody that correlates house music, you know, with us, the yes. Columbia House Music Project, we always see the veteran presence. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking about not only our well-off veterans, our homeless veterans, yes. our military sexual trauma, MST survivors, mm -hmm. their children. Mm -hmm. That's kind of like what, what we, so everything that we do, we, we take donations. Okay. And we go back to the communities. Come on, Kelly. Right. And we set up. Yeah. We set up like we're doing a major production. Yes. Like everyone would do downtown. Mm. We set up our speakers, our yeah. lights, yeah. our backdrops. Right. I have the DJs come in. And we give a full show mm -hmm. to that community. 
Whether you want to call it the projects, the hood, whatever. Whatever. We call it community. Yeah, yeah. That's what it is, community. Yes, community. Um, So we're about community, city, state, in that order. Wow. We're going to help our community first, then our city next, Mm -hmm. then our state at the end. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like what our house music movement is about. Okay. Are you a non-profit or just you just a collective group of people? Yeah, we're together. non-profit. We're legitimately nice, non-profit. Nice, yeah. nice, So, you know, we will be seeking sponsors yes. and supporters to help us keep our vision and right. vision alive. Yeah. Um, and we got major things coming. I we got major do. things coming. Um, just you know, and it's just so, it's just so awesome. This. The fact that our city is showing us so much love. Yeah, I was going to talk to you about that. Yeah, come talk about that a little bit, Kel. Come on. I mean, I'm going to tell you, Michelle, sometimes, you know, I just have tears in my eyes yeah. because, you know, when people show you support that you don't even know, mm-hmm. never met them before, mm-hmm. never had a conversation, but they reach out to say, hey, what can we do right. to help you do this? Right. And they take that and they make it happen. Mm-hmm. That's like a burden lift off your shoulder. Sure. Yeah. So yeah. I just feel that, you know, you have responsibility to do something. Mm-hmm. Just do something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not nothing. Just just do something. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So right now we're taking house music um, in in Columbia, South Carolina, in our whole state. I want to shout out definitely uh, my brother up in Greenville, South Carolina, DJ Sauce. Mm-hmm. You know, he has a house music movement in Greenville, okay. South Carolina. And he invites us up there all the time to uh, spread the love. Right. Because, you know, Greenville is at the upstate mm-hmm. of South Carolina. Uh-huh. And then Columbia is in the middle. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Charleston is in the low country. There you go. So we've hit all three mm-hmm. of the major areas in South Carolina in less than 24 months. Mm-hmm. And everywhere we went, we've had an awesome turnout yeah. of people coming to show love for house music. Because we're, we're specific. House music. So that Soul shows, for house. Soul for house music. That shows you the power of house music. Mm. The power. Yeah, it is. It is powerful. Because when I came last year, I couldn't make it this year because I had... We um, missed you too. I missed y'all too. Because <laughs> I had my event last week, but I sent my love and, and spirit and yes, vibration and then. In that way, but when I came last year, it was awesome because it was people that came from everywhere. I saw some people that I knew from Raleigh, from uh, Charlotte, North mm-hmm. Carolina. A couple of us came from Atlanta. Mm-hmm. There were people just based on their footwork were from up north, well, from yeah. <laughs> from up New oh, York yeah. and Jersey, just the way they were dancing. I was dancing on the stage yeah. by the speaker with some other guy because the music was just so good and the vibe was right. right. It was a really great day um, and everybody came and was just really open. And as the sun set down a little bit, more and more people came out and the park was just literally dancing yeah. the, whole, the whole time. So that was good. And I was like... I think she's on to something. And then wasn't you, that beautiful? Yeah, it was beautiful. And so tell us about last week. Last week you had, wasn't that your second annual last that week? That was our second one. And, in um, a bigger place. In a bigger place. It was at Benedict Historic. Yes. Benedict College. You know, Benedict College was originally an eight-acre plantation that they changed into a historically how black did you college. get that? How did you? How did you? You can't. Re- you, you can't reveal Michelle. that. But but that's on the line like of said, support, right? Our city is showing us it's love. Showing you love. And shout out to Coach Washington, um, another legend. Yes. And, and I know I use that word a lot, 
um, in South Carolina mm -hmm. when I'm doing my, my posting mm -hmm. on Facebook. Mm -hmm. It's because I want everyone that cares to know. Yeah. I, I don't want you to guess who this person is and what their place is in South Carolina history. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people that we interact with every day, they are, they are legends, mm -hmm. you know, in this game. Mm -hmm. And uh, Coach Washington, he was, he was an awesome supporter and uh, one of the uh, key people to making us uh, making that event happen. happen. Um, but yeah, we did that actually at Benedict College. I saw the football you. Stadium. I saw you. And, and it, a lot of networking going on mm -hmm. that day. Mm -hmm. um, and we definitely want to thank all the other movements that came out right. to support us mm -hmm. that day. We had um, the Charlotte House Music Movement that came out. Um, uh, we had, of course, um, Greenville mm -hmm. was out there. Mm -hmm. um, we had a group from Charleston mm -hmm. that was out there. Mm -hmm. And a lot of networking. I, I can't even go into everything that I happened see. that day. I and see. um. I really want to also say one thing real quick. Sure. You know, I got to shout out the DJs that came to support. Go they shout them out, Kelly. Shout them Thank out. Thank you so much. Go. I mean, first of all, now y'all, my team already know I got to shout them out last. Okay, my team, y'all know I got to shout y'all last. I want to shout out my man DJ Rick Sweeney mm. from the legendary Basement Life out of East Orange, New Jersey. They drove all the way down, and they bought their crew. Okay. You know, they go deep. They go you, deep. You never see Basement Life with less than, like, 10 people. <laughs> Everywhere they go, they got at least 10 people. Okay. They had a drone flying over. Wow. You know, taking pictures and videos. So thank y'all, brothers and sisters, for coming out. We really appreciate that. Mm. We had uh, DJ Chillex mm. from uh, uh, Newark, New Jersey, Roselle, New Jersey. He came out. Um, Chicago's DJ Greg Gray. He mm -hmm. came out mm -hmm. and uh, he bought uh, he bought DJ Big Easy with him. Okay, thank y'all brothers for coming out. Um, we had uh, uh, DJ Paul Croom out of Charlotte, North mm -hmm. Carolina. Mm -hmm. Such a humble brother, but mm -hmm. I'm gonna tell you, Michelle, he he needs to be on everybody's roster. Gotcha. Okay, DJ Paul Croom, thank you, my brother, for coming out. Um, one thing, Detroit's DJ Father Abraham. Mm -hmm. Coming out, everybody know Father Abraham. He just get married. He just got Congratulations. married. Congratulations. He see, just got married. Everybody know that. Everybody know. <laughs> and his lovely wife, yes. Nicole from yes. Detroit. Yes. And she's rocking her gear. Mm. My sister girl. <laughs> you ain't got her gear, you definitely check it out. Check it out. Um, also Atlanta's what? Come on. DJ Tora Torres. Come on. That's and the I'm homie. gonna tell you, she was getting it in. That's the homie. She was hey, homie. <laughs> That's my homie. Yes, yes, yes. So you had a great day. Had a great day. You had a great day. A great day. My mom came out. Mm -hmm. My brother came out. Um, my son came out. Mm -hmm. um, my sound man, DJ Deer. Um, and I know Columbia South Carolina is probably on 10 right now when I say his name. Everybody knows DJ Deer. I hear you. Um, that's all 100 speakers. They're all here. They're all here. Yeah. So we had a great time. Show that and day. I can see you sitting here. I can see the wheels turning already for the third one. The annual one. Oh, yeah. I can see you already planning, thinking about that. Because that's usually how it happens. When you have one, you don't wait. You don't let the grass grow under your feet. You already start planning and thinking about where that's going to be, who's going to be a part of that, when is that going to happen, because it's just planning. So you like doing this kind of stuff, the big events like that, just really giving Columbia some good visibility and mm -hmm. some shine all around soulful house music. And you got the city supporting you and the state. Didn't you do some things last year? Some state like we own the like on the like on the um 
The cap, state capital, you do some stuff. You know, we're there at the end of the month again. What are you going to do at the end of the month, Kelly? Um, we're doing a back-to-school donation drive. Okay. Um, house music. Of course. We have New Jersey's Club Zanzibar. Mm. First DJ. DJ Hippie Torales. Mm -hmm. International yep. DJ. Yep. Yep. He's going to be on set, plus DJ Cat in the Hat, myself. Mm -hmm. I actually get to play this time. Okay. A lot of times I don't get to play. There's not enough time. I know. Um, so I actually get to play this time. Um, also, DJ D-Extra and um, uh, uh, myself is on the roster. Okay. Yeah, so we're doing a back-to-school drive, and it's going to be on the state house. Last year, we had our speakers. Yes. Next to George Washington. I'm going to put a picture of that on Facebook. <laughs> George Washington, y'all. The state's capital. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. The state's capital, Michelle. You doing big things, man. And you should have seen the people that were coming through there wondering what we were doing. Right. And who we were. Yeah. And guess what? It's crazy how love sometimes conquers everything. It does. Because sometimes, instead of some of them people walking away, mm -hmm. they stayed. Yeah. And they danced. There you and go. And they took picture and video. There you go. There you go. The power of house music. The power of house music. And love. And you know, it's your energy too, Kelly, because you make everybody feel included, <laughs> right? So you are, it's always about inclusion with you. So um, the whole time from sun up to sun down, so people, everybody feels welcome. So I think that's what people feel whenever you're having an event. So it's just getting stronger and bigger, and mm -hmm. just doing more big things. So how can people find or so how can people support your movement? Do you have a website or how can people donate, especially with the school drive coming up? How can people get at you? Um, we do have a website, uh, the Columbia House Music Project dot com. Mm -hmm. um, we keep that website updated with all our events and also on um, how to donate, <clears throat> which I didn't even mention that um, we collected so many items from uh the event that we just did at the football stadium to mm -hmm. include like a new tricycle, um, new games, new boards for okay. our children. Yeah. And um, I don't know uh, what happened, Michelle, is um, one day I was downtown Columbia and there was a woman and a child sitting in a corner, mm -hmm. a corner off the main street. And she was, uh, she had a child wrapped in her arms mm -hmm. and she was just sitting there like this, you know, I didn't think she was on drugs or anything, mm -hmm. but she was in a state of shock, and, and she was a veteran, mm. and, and her child couldn't have been no more than about six or seven months old, but that right there, that, that first-hand experience changed my life with the awareness of our homeless veterans, women, and their children, so it's very important for me that every event that we do we always include the children. So a lot of times when we do um, uh, drives, right. you know, we never really include the homeless children. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's what we're doing um, the end of this month at the uh, the State House Steps. We're yeah. going to back to school um, donation drive, and mm -hmm. we're including, you know, on purpose. We want children's things, anything okay. for children. Okay. And we actually take those to the homes where the children are. Right. And we make it a big deal when we give it to them. We throw okay. a little party and, and we let them go pick out what they, what want, they want. And, and, and they just be so excited. Mm -hmm. I mean, oh my God, it's just it's just so fulfilling it is. to be a part of that. To give back. 
to give back to the community. That's very important. So we can reach out and donate, and then proceeds from our donation will go to help the children at the end of the month. What day is it? What day is it going to happen? Saturday, July 27th. Okay. We're going to be at the capital of South Carolina. Mm -hmm. um, last year they said they heard us seven blocks. <laughs> seven blocks. Now, they never asked us to turn the music down. And we're known, we're, we're known for shaking our city. We're known for shaking our city with house music. Because that year that you came to the park, oh, yes. my goodness. Every speaker, like, we're <laughs> We couldn't even see you sometimes, Kel, because of the speakers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we took them same speakers to the state house. I hear you. And the, and the people were running down the sidewalk wondering who we were, and uh, we, we began to tell them. And we all became family that day, and I, I was just I was just so happy. Mm. I was just so happy to link people together. I hear you. Like that. So, yeah. So, yeah, we're shaking the city July the 27th, the last Saturday of this month. We're going to be at the State House Steps, okay. the capital of South Carolina. Okay. Never been done before. Never been done. Of Never course, you're doing first-time stuff, man. That's why you, I'm talking to you today, because you're doing first-time stuff. People need to pay attention to what you're doing, because it's first-time stuff. Never been done before, and you're getting the support, yeah. which is very important. Because oftentimes, um, we don't get what we need enough of it, and it's really wonderful to see that people are getting behind you and supporting you and doing this and just kind of like, come on in, just do it. Yeah. Just come on in and do it. Ultimately, what would you like to see for your nonprofit? Would you like to see grants and then you can turn that around into maybe workshops to help veterans transition back in mm -hmm. to society? Or what, what's some of the goals for your nonprofit so people can know? Well, ultimately, um, we want to have our own facility. Okay. And we want that facility to be able to house um, transition classes. Yes. Um, I mean, I, I've even visualized having a place for veterans to stay. Okay. I mean, it, it's not past. Mm -hmm. It's not past the vision. Mm -hmm. um, but short term wise, we mm -hmm. definitely want our own facility to be able to not only. Um, have help like that for mm -hmm. our veterans, mm -hmm. um, but to also house our concerts and things like, because we, we want it to be personal. Right. Um, and, and you know what? I didn't even mention this, but there are so many veterans in Columbia, South Carolina from up north. Mm -hmm. So many. Mm -hmm. I, had, I, had, I just had no idea. I'm not even talking about the transplants. Right. I'm just talking about veterans right. um, that don't even associate with house music. Mm -hmm. I have a nice following of veterans that have nothing to do with house music. Yeah. They just come to my events because what? We are all veterans. veterans. Why did they pick Columbia, South Carolina to, to be there, to retire or just start a second life? I think a part of it is the cost of living. Okay. And Columbia, South Carolina is centrally located. Okay. You know, you can easily get to North Carolina, Georgia, mm -hmm. Tennessee, mm -hmm. wherever. Mm -hmm. Um, and also, it's it's a friendly state. Okay. It's a friendly state overall. It's okay. a friendly state. Um, and something else I didn't do, Michelle, I did not shout out the Atlanta people that called me Saturday. They really, they, I mean, I actually got personal phone calls from house music legends right here in Atlanta. And tell you what, congratulations. Tell me congratulations. That's I mean, that, that just felt like, yeah. like so good. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and one of them was... Um, uh, sold out mm -hmm. freeze project. What's going on 
with DJ Freeze. DJ yeah. Freeze. Yes. I want to thank him. I like him. He, he yes. gave me a personal phone call. Nice. I mean, that was that was so nice. He's a good guy. He's a great guy. He's doing some good things here. Yeah. On Thursdays, every four Thursdays here in Atlanta. I I was supposed to come. I'm so sorry for you. Yeah. It was a um, very uh, weekend uh, that I had an opportunity to just kind of rest because it's like halfway through the year. Right. Um. And I've been running, 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 and I, my intentions were good. I just had to just the body couldn't do it. <laughs> the body couldn't do it. But yes, we definitely gonna catch up and do some things. But there are a tremendous amount of supporters because. Um, People watch what you do. They watch how you vibrate. They watch how passionate you are. And so when there's an opportunity for them to say, keep up the good work or I support you, then they're doing it. Yeah, you got some crabs in the barrel. You got some people. And that's in anything that we do, any walk of life, that's no different. But when you have people that really see that you're really doing it, and it's for the love, too. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Because it's not about a house music ain't never monetary. Let's be right. clear. Yeah. If your name ain't <laughs> Louis right. Vega, you ain't getting it. You know what I'm saying? So it ain't never about the dough. It's always about the love, love for right. music and bringing people together in communities. And when we get communities together, we hope to try to make a difference mm-hmm. once we rally together around that common goal. So that's what it's always about. So I want to wish you continued success. Thank you so much. In everything that you do, anything that I can do, Real Chicks Rock brand, we got you, right? And we're going to send the love and send the donations and send it over there. <laughs> I can't be there, but we're going to send it on over there because you're making a difference and you're impacting lives. And on so many different levels, for black females, for veterans, for for uh, lesbians, gays, everything. It's just a whole conglomeration of people and communities that you're touching by what you're doing through house music. And so for that, we tip our hat to you. Thank you, my sister. Yeah, I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. How can people find you? What are you spending on the ones and twos? You're just doing it at events on Capitol State? Steps like do wait. How can people find you? What's your handle? Uh, What's your social media well, handle? Y'all know I plaster everything on social media. Yeah, you know you uh, got a couple of pages. You got a DJ Kelly Kell page. Do. I have a DJ Kelly Kell page where I do all genre events. Uh huh. You know, hey, look, if it's music, I can do it. Um, and also, of course, on our house music page, you okay. can find me. You can find me on IG mm-hmm. at DJ Kelly Kells with a Z, mm-hmm. and also on my regular Facebook page at Kelly Kell. Okay, you got a Columbia Music. What do you got? House Music Project page. Okay, yes, okay. On Facebook, mm-hmm. uh, Columbia House Music Project. Okay, and Instagram too. Instagram too, Columbia House Music Project. Yeah. See, we putting it all out there <laughs> so people can find you. So as these events come up, they know where to go and find out. And if you got family and friends in South. Carolina because oftentimes like like Kelly said we're transplants we're all over the place there's people in South Carolina that are looking for something to do you might want to follow this lady as she is providing house music events and entertainment um, for everybody to to be a part of this fun family friend friendly type environment so all is welcome to things that Kelly is doing out there in South Carolina so again much continued success for everything that you do we got an eye we're going to support you there um, from here in Atlanta that's my time, you know me Real Chicks Rock, I'm everywhere but I got to shout out a couple of things Um, like I said, the year is halfway done Uh, we're already in July Uh, things are going by so quickly I got to give thanks for the first half of the year, it's been very good for for the brand, for the organization thank you everybody that's been supporting us Um, 
Strategic partnerships. Yes, 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 yes. I am a person of that. So one of my strategic partners is Hot Ice Live. Yeah. So at the end of this month, we are putting together Show a City Winery. The legendary Roy airs two shows, July 30th and July 31st. Please, 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 please get your tickets for that because that is a legend. As Kelly mentioned, legends and DJs, that is a legendary musician. We all love his music. We all love Roy. So you want to come out and be a part of that, right? Right, right, right. You got to catch them while they're still here. So be sure to to catch that. For me, I got some things coming up. You know where to find me. Go to the website, realchicksrock.com. That's where you can find everything that I'm doing. We're streaming this puppy everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. We're on iTunes. We're on iHeartRadio. We're on Spotify. We're on Pandora. And we have our YouTube channel as well as Status Network. Thank you guys for letting me come here and do this. So if you want to know what we're doing, please go to the website website to find out more about us i'm on ig i'm on facetime uh facetime facebook (laughs) um but that's it for me that's my time until next time you guys take care and continue to rock on we hope you enjoyed listening to rcr presents real discussions until next time you take care and continue to rock on